Episode 338, WandaVision, Season 1, Episode 8, previously on... Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am one of three people who's here to talk about WandaVision. And we are all fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we are all fans of talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And also, I'm a fan of talking about it with you two. That's be uh, Samantha over there. I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am also a fan uh, of talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe with you two. And that voice ben was Stuart. And Samantha. Hey, guys. Hey, Stu. Hey, Ben. Yeah. So, this was a big episode. It was a like, slightly longer than the other ones, but... A, they've all been big episodes, Ben. But this all has been bigger. Them. Yeah, and the next one's <laughs> going to be bigger than this. You know yes, it. Yes, because the next one's the finale, and then we're... I, I'm seriously wondering if we are going to get a season two. Yeah, it's going to be called there's Doctor so Strange. Much. Yeah, it's called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Well, fine. Yeah. Let's do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so let's talk about spoiler policy because I'm sure we're going to talk about some of the movies. But if you're just joining us, uh, we will be spoiling this episode from the get-go. And we will be talking about any other things in the MCU that we have talked about before on this podcast, which means that we won't be talking about Runaways season three. I think it was season three that we didn't get to. We won't be talking about that. So you don't have to worry about being spoiled about that. But I'm sure we'll talk about Ultron, Age of Ultron. And I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, some other Avengers related stuff. So if you haven't seen the movies, just know we'll be talking about those. And if you haven't watched this episode yet... What can I say? I mean, if you've gotten this far, you've watched the episode. But if you haven't yet, go watch the episode. It was fantastic. Not to be like the gatekeeper, but what time did you guys watch this episode? Well, I mean, <laughs> everyone has different lifestyles. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. yeah. 7 so, at 2 a.m. As soon as I could turn on my phone <laughs> after my alarm went off <laughs> and I woke up. So I watched the first 20 minutes during breakfast and as I was getting ready for my morning, but I had to get out the door quickly. And so I couldn't finish it. My thinking was all morning at work, we have interviews and we're doing, we're interviewing for uh, summer internships. And then I would go grab some tacos and then head back to my office, watch the rest of the episode, eat the tacos, and then go finish my day with more interviews for this summer internship that we do. Unfortunately, when it was time for me to go and get my tacos, everyone, all my coworkers were yelling, hey, let's go get some tacos and eat them at the restaurant together. And so that's what happened. I had to be social and could not finish watching the episode. And so I almost was spoiled. Well, I was spoiled by a message that came in the morning in between one of those uh, interviews. 
and it was from Nathan, Agent Nathan, who's written to us before, and he just said the words, and we have a code name in his message. And so I knew at some point during this episode, the name Scarlet Witch was going to get dropped. I, You know what? That's not a – I mean, I guess it technically is kind of a spoiler, but that's not really a spoiler. Come on. Well, here's the deal. Nathan. <laughs> here's the deal. Is it a spoiler? Yes, it is. But I love the fact that we have people sending messages mm-hmm. because they're so excited about the things that are happening. Yes. So yes. do I blame him? No. Do I have a grudge against him? No. But is he part of a story now? Yes. He's part of a story now that I get to tell people <laughs> that I get messages, you know, and, you know, it, it happened two weeks ago or maybe it was last week. I got a message. Or I got a couple messages in the day on Friday. I had already watched the episode and I'm just so glad, like people know, you know, Hey, this is, this is fun. This is exciting. This didn't happen during agents of shield. I want to also throw that out. So during Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we didn't get, like, spoiler messages immediately. Um, We got messages pretty quickly and feedback. But these messages I'm getting, like, Nathan wasn't sending that to me as podcast feedback. He was sending that to me because he was excited Mm -hmm. about what was going on. And we're friends. So I've broken bread with him before. Well, popcorn anyway. And we found a movie (laughs) together. So... So no, no, I, I have broken bread with him. I, I had Chick-fil-A with him. Well, there you yeah. go. We there have broken go. bread together. So I'm notorious for not watching these until like the next day or maybe in the evening or whatever. And not to say that uh, Ben and Samantha have spoiled it for me, quote unquote, but there have been conversations that I've had to like ignore so that I don't get spoiled until the time comes. We have a hashtag called save it for the show. And sometimes people follow it, Ben, and sometimes they don't just leaving it there. So I actually got up. I was up at two o'clock in the morning, central time to watch this episode, had my laptop ready to go, watched it, barely comprehended any of it, but understood that it was going on. So yeah, I saw it first. I'm going to pat myself on the back. That was me doing that made for great radio. (laughs) Anyway, but that was my, that was like my thing because I saw infinity war opening night still was the last person to see it. (laughs) To be fair, I saw it at like like a 10 PM ticket or something like that. Yeah. It was like 1130 or something like that at night. Yeah. That was about the time I was walking out of the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, no, no, no. You're central time. I was Eastern. So I was in Florida then. That was the other part. I was at Disney. Anyway, so that was my that was my big claim to fame. I actually saw the episode first. Anyway, let's go talk. <laughs> okay, we will definitely talk about the episode, but before we do, Stuart, yes, we hand you the mantle of Welcome to Level 7. <laughs> you were the first to see this episode. I was the first. It was the first time I was the first, too. Talk I'm about never the first. Talk about humble bragging. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, let us move on to talk about this this actual episode. So man, I don't even know where to start. I mean, there's just so much going on. I'm wondering how much we just want to just go in in order. Okay, so so uh, there's another thing that's awesome about this episode, amongst other things. This is the earliest visual record we have of the MCU. 
maybe not. Maybe in Guardians of the Galaxy, we got some like really old school, like really like distant past like, stuff, like primordial. Yeah, like Big primordial Bang primordial stuff. Yeah, yeah like, okay. That's. I was going to start okay, so, a little bit oh, before we get to the Salem Witch Trials because we saw the Marvel logo in purple. Yes. And then from that, that pretty- we went into the Salem Witch Trials. And I guess it wasn't the Salem Witch Trials. It was just in Salem, Massachusetts around that time. And it was oh, a witch. Oh, it was a witch trial. Yeah, that's true. It was it an was actual witch trial. witch trial. It was witches putting someone on trial. Can I Can I admit something to you guys? You can. Okay, so because I grew up on the West Coast and did not know that Salem, Massachusetts existed, I thought the Salem Witch Trials happened in Salem, Oregon. Until, like, I was in... I know what that means, Samantha. (laughs) You can't say that to me. Until I I was in, like, (laughs) high school. Like, like, you know, freshman geography or whatever. And I was like, "Uh, oh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and 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 I kept it under my hat for so long. It feels good, guys. Thank you. Yeah. I don't feel bad about saying that. I don't think you know what bless your heart really means. <laughs> well, maybe not the way you say it, but I've heard it mean something like, shut up. <laughs> no, Go it, away. It's in this... Southern for you're an idiot and I pity you. And that's what it means. <laughs> okay, so we're on the same page. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So here's here's my uh, my confession. Uh, growing up in Canada, I thought Mount Rushmore was in Russia because I asked my teacher in third grade, where's Mount Rushmore? And she told me it was in Russia. Well, well that's, that's your teacher's fault. Yeah. But I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. So we've all got, you know, we've all got things. Samantha, what's yours? Oh my goodness! Um, ben and I our souls. Come on now. <laughs> I can't think of anything off the top of my uh-huh. head. Bless no, your seriously, heart. I can't. Okay. But I can think of something my mother told me once. She, um, because her father was kind of deaf, she thought for the longest time that a human being was a human being or a human being, like you know, like lagoons and such. That's, that's not unusual. Yeah, I, I've heard of other people who have who thought that up up to a point. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you guys know what year the uh, Salem witch trials happened? 1693 oh. Oh, and, no, and 92. Back. Yep. Yep. Oh, the Salem witch trials. Yeah. Uh, but yep. which trials went further back? This Salem witch trial is in 1693. And this Salem witch trial was not great. <laughs> and the witches apparently are definitely trying to protect our world by keeping magic out of the hands of people who are not ready for it or too young for it, or maybe too evil for it, which Agatha seemed to fit the bill for all three of those. And so she says, I didn't break the rules. I, they, they bent to my power or something like that. And then she kills everyone. <laughs> they, all yeah, of the, only they after tried after they tried to kill her. That's true. That's true. So all there's, I think, seven or eight, including her mom Mm -hmm. and everyone except for her mom attacks her and she then absorbs their power and kills them. And then her mom says, "Okay, I'm going to destroy you now. And she 
turns on the charm and says, I'll try to be good. I can be good. And her mom says, no, you can't, and attacks her. <laughs> and she absorbs her mom's power and then steals her mom's brooch. What a oh. thing to say to your to your kid. <laughs> yeah. But when your love, child man. is a psychopath, you have to use tough love. Sure, but still. <laughs> <laughs> tough love. Yeah, and also let's note um, Agatha's mother when she goes for like the serious, you know, powerful witchy stuff. She has this crown-like thing of magic appear on her head. I loved that. And also I believe and, it was yeah. blue magic, right? It was blue magic, yes. And so the blue and the and then Agatha had the purple. Right. And, and then you have Scarlet Witch, obviously, with the, the scarlet, the red. But the headpiece, I saw that the first time I watched this episode and I was like, oh, that this that has little spikes like Wanda's headpiece, but it has four or five instead of two. So in the comics, Ben, are there different, do different color magics do different things? Uh, this is one that I'm going to say, don't know. <laughs> I really, I, I, I never paid any attention to that. If, if it is a thing, I never saw it. So yeah, okay. just don't, just don't know. And it's one of those MCU things that could be, you know, here, but not there. Right. Well, and I, I think that there's definitely something to the color. You know, I, I definitely think there's something to the color. I'm really curious, like what we're going to find out about this. But we're definitely seeing something about the nature of, if not magic, the nature of some magic in the MCU. Because there's something going on with Agatha and with Wanda where there's just this natural ability. There's just this, you know, she she says, I, I didn't do anything against the rules, but the, the power w bent to me, you know, and it, I was able to do what I was able to do. And it's the same kind of thing with Wanda because she's trying to figure out what is going on with Wanda. How did Wanda get this power? How did she get to be so powerful? And a big thing that she's learning through this whole thing is Wanda never knew. Like Wanda never trained. Wanda didn't know how these things work, how runes work, how the, what, what are the rules. Wanda just naturally had that power. But Ben, did, I think the difference is Agatha enjoyed the use of her power early on and the chaos that it caused. Whereas Wanda in some ways, she was just trying to protect herself, protect her home, stop Tony Stark. So she didn't enjoy it so much. It was just, she had a mission and this is the tool she was using to do the mission. So up until she gets power from the infinity stone, it's all was natural and kind of un. She didn't even know she was using power for for Wanda and right. for for Agatha. She knew, like she she's around a coven, like they she's around the training. In a lot of ways, it reminds me a little bit of like Jedi stuff, you know, where Kylo Ren, you know, he's he's being trained by Luke Skywalker, and then he turns around and betrays Luke Skywalker, and and kills people. And so you have people who you have force users who just naturally can use the force, but then they get trained so they can use it better. 
and, and use it more responsibly or have more control over it. And that's the same kind of thing here. I think you've got Wanda who just has so much power, but doesn't even know how to use it or how to use like the fullest extent of it. And she's using it like even in the earlier movies, you're right, Samantha, she was using it to do tasks and to do jobs. She's not relishing the power like Agatha. I think Agatha loves the fact that she has power over people. Well, Agatha's also been experiencing this for, you know, 400 years or whatever it is, right? Whereas Wanda's still relatively new. Even if she's been doing it for 25 years, she's still relatively new to this whole magic experience. She's a baby, comparatively speaking. Yeah. yeah. So she's a little baby witch that she gets called later on. But she's one of the most powerful baby witches. Right. (laughs) I mean, your your comparison to to Luke Skywalker is apt, right? Because she didn't have any training. She didn't have any, you know, she didn't have any formal training. She was given this gift and just sort of sent out into the world, much like Luke Skywalker. So we get that glimpse of what's going on and we get Agatha's origin story. Then we move back to the basement. Back to the vine-filled basement with no images of any kind of swamp monster. But the vines are still there. And so are the hexes. Not the hexes, the the runes. The runes that make it so that she cannot use her power. Because she doesn't even know that she can't use her power. And this is frustrating to Agatha, I think. Like, you're so powerful, you don't even know anything how to do any of this. I can understand the frustration. The rest of this become flashbacks, which is why it's called Previously On. And we get to look at all these different moments in Wanda's life. We get to see these moments in Wanda's life. Not just Wanda's life, but the MCU too. So when I was researching this episode, I thought, okay, this episode doesn't really have a television 30-minute primetime influence. And then one source came up with, yes, there is one. This is your life. Mm. But it's not strictly this is your life, but it's it is definitely both this episode and that show are looking back in people's histories. So here's my go to. There's an episode of Family Ties. It's a very famous episode because it was an hour long, first of all. And the second half hour of this episode had no commercial breaks in original airing. And. I can't remember the details, but I I believe that um, Michael J. Fox lost a friend to a drunk driver or something like that. And the second half of the episode is him talking to an off-screen psychiatrist who's asking him questions. And he's it's it's a stage play. It's a black background and he's moving from moment to moment. And there would be a, a spotlight that shines down on his bedroom when he's like playing with a friend and shine down on the schoolroom, showing him and a couple kids in class, you know, that kind of thing. And that's what this reminded me of. I'm not sure that they're necessarily referencing that, but the flashback episode, I mean, this is, this is a clip show. That's the other thing. I just thought of it now, but this is a clip show. It's a clips that we've never seen before. Yeah. I almost put down clip show and then I remembered, no, this is clip shows are of clips where that everybody's seen before. And they're just trying to fill an episode before the finale. 
But in format, it is a clip show. In format, yeah. But there's also other episodes, like I can think of Friends, um, where they look back into the characters' histories. Right. The Thanksgiving episodes. Right, yeah. This reminds me of a Stargate clip show. Because one of the things Stargate did really well is stitch together a clip show to actually tell a new story um, from maybe from a different point of view or from a um, to to lead into the next the big the big season finale or whatever it was. It also reminds me of, of an episode of Lost. Where you would have one character who kind of the primary character on the island we're kind of following the island action but they're mostly the one that we're following on the island and then we also have these flashbacks to their past and that's that's another uh kind of touchstone for me with this oh that's a good point yeah okay should we talk about the flashbacks yes yes and can we also talk about hashtag anachronisms Yes, because I have no idea what you're talking about. I am talking about that big old box of DVDs. Oh, yes. I did see that one, yes. The twins were born in 1989, right? Mm -hmm. When they were 10, so 1999, perhaps into 2000, because they would turn 11 in 2000, but they would spend some of 2000 as 10-year-olds. That's when their parents were killed, when they were watching Dick Van Dyke. Here's the problem. The box that he has of sitcoms that they're going to sell are all post-2000. Bewitched was not released on DVD until 2005. I Love Lucy was not released on DVD until 2001. Uh, Now, I can't remember from my notes if that was season five was not released until 2001 or if no I Love Lucy was released until 2001. The I Love Lucy box that they have there is from season, is season five. Malcolm in the Middle was not released on DVD until 2002. And then the big one, the giant one. I didn't check on Adam's family. I didn't check on who's the boss. that were, They were also in the box. Dick Van Dyke, 2005. 2005. Again, I don't remember if that's when any Dick Van Dyke was released on DVD. When I made these notes... Um, I, I, I don't remember, or if that was when the big box set that they had was released on DVD, but none of these shows were released on DVD in 1999. Hmm. See, I didn't know that. I knew that Malcolm in the Middle didn't exist until the year 2000, and that scene was supposed to take place in 1999 or thereabouts. That's what set me on the trail, yeah. is I knew Malcolm in the Middle had not happened in 1999. Because we talked about Malcolm in the Middle on a previous episode here. I wouldn't have known that just off the top of my head, but we did talk about it. And so that's what set me off to like, well, wait a minute. Let's find out. Was Malcolm in the Middle in that box? It was. Okay. It was. And so that makes me say some of what we saw might be unreliable. And I don't know if that's because it's her memory. Because I was just thinking about this and this... (laughs) No one's going to care. I thought, though, that Tremors came out when I was in junior high. <laughs> and then I was I had these memories of kids in junior high talking about Tremors. And then I find out it didn't come out until I was in high school, which were two different places for me. I was in I went to two different junior highs, one high school. And I remember talking about 
Yeah. Now I don't know if maybe maybe we're talking about the dancing one that Kevin Bacon was in Footloose. Footloose. Maybe we're talking about Footloose. I don't know, but I have vivid memories of my junior high friend group talking about Tremors, and then I find out it was 1991, which I would have been a sophomore or junior in high school. Okay, so you know what else so, didn't happen? Unreliable memory, <laughs> or. Or Agatha's just not doing a very good job of recreating things. You know what else didn't happen in uh, the real world? Aliens invade New York. They didn't do that. Stark Industries. Sokovia doesn't even exist in the real world. So my point in all that, aside from being kind of a jerk, my point in that is the MCU, I think, has a has a accelerated timeline. So stuff like DVDs and all that sort of stuff, I, I think... If if they were to open up a box of VHS tapes, first off, that box would be huge. That secret compartment would be like the size of a small building. But, you know, VHS in the Cold War time was actually something that you you was sold and traded around. I mean, there was a whole black market for it. I think they used those DVDs to shortcut that, you know, sentiment. And if that's what anachronisms means, I guess that's okay. Anachronism is when you have something that doesn't exist in that time time frame. So someone wearing a uh, <laughs> someone wearing a watch when they're supposed to be, you know, a Roman centurion, which that's I can't a, remember the movie. But yeah, <laughs> that's an anachronism. Oh, I, I think that was... was Gladiator. I know. I, I don't know. I think it was older than that. But I know in the Mummy, uh, there's a guy. Gladiator has. An anachronism that's pretty famous. I just can't remember what and it was. And in Braveheart, you can see somebody it. on the battlefield wearing a wristwatch. And I also know in The Mummy, there's a guy, there's a, there's a, a, a an extra wearing sunglasses. Yeah, but that's extras forgetting to take off their wristwatches. I mean, this is an, an That becomes an anachronism, yeah. But the, the question is, isn't it an, an acronym or is it um, Wanda getting the details of our memories incorrect because there's a scene later in the episode where what happens at the sword facility when she goes there is completely different than what we saw in the surveillance video that we saw earlier. This not, season. not, did you go back and rewatch? No, I missed it, but I, I just remember there was yeah. a lot more violence. I, I thought the same thing. And then I went back and rewatched and it, it didn't. Oh, okay. He, only showed the parts where it looked like violence, but it was exactly the stuff that we saw. Because again, I was on this uh, unreliable memory kind of thing, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, okay, so she didn't. Okay, so what's the what's the cheat here? Did Hayward create something that we saw? Because I remembered her being more violent, or does she just not remember being violent? And so I did. I actually stopped the episode at that point, and. Went back and rewatched it. Uh, he cut the footage to make it look like she was attacking people. Hmm. She he he cut the footage so like she breaks through the glass. She's down there and she's looking at the body and people have their guns drawn. But of course you can't hear Hayward saying, "Put your guns down, put your guns down." And so it's cut to look like she was. Yeah, being being a bad guy. Hayward's not a good guy. No, I don't. I no. don't trust Hayward's intentions. <laughs> no, I mean, I trust. If you did after this episode, yeah, that there'd be a yeah. 
No, that's actually not true. I trust his intentions to be bad, I guess is the way to say that. Because he's not that's a actually, good guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's not. And, of course, we find out it's interesting. Because you have two people. There's two, quote-unquote, baddies in this episode. You have Agatha and Hayward. Agatha wants Scarlet Witch's power. And Hayward wants Vision's power. Is Agatha a bad guy? Well, we'll find that out, but I, I do think she is. Yeah, I think so, too. And she, throughout this entire episode, she was directing Wanda to take cues. And she was treating her like an actor on stage and directing Wanda what to do and where to go and how to feel in those moments. Did you see that? Yeah, and and pushing her yeah. to find out what she needed to know. But um, I don't. Hayward is a murdering murder. No, yes. Agatha is a murdering murderer who murders. Yes. Well, because she murdered the coven certain. who tried to murder her. But she, I, I, I still believe she was bad then, and I think that they were. I, I, maybe they shouldn't have tried to kill her, but I think that they were at least trying to do so because of the good motivation. There's. She is definitely the protagonist to uh, Wanda's antech. No, she's the antagonist to Wanda's protagonist. Sorry, I'm tired. And she is definitely the the protagonist of her own story, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yes. Is she evil? I don't think so. Well, my question about Agatha is: What did she do to? specifically that needed to be put on trial because it sounds like it was really bad. And with, with her at the stake being tied up and she's smirking, Oh, I just bent the dark magic to my will and smirking. And she did things intentionally and she, I'm afraid she intentionally hurt people in ways that Wanda would not have. Well, fine, but we didn't see that. We didn't. And and the only crime that we really saw pronounced against her was going after things that were out of her her reach, out of her age. Like there's, there's some ageism going on here where mm-hmm. she's too young to be dealing with what she was dealing with. Again, shadows or echoes of uh, of Star Wars. But she's too she was too young and she wasn't trained for it yet. And she was going after power that she shouldn't have been going after that's that's the impression that i got from them and you know what's real interesting about that so did dr strange mm-hmm. well you know uh yeah, yeah well yeah yeah the ancient one says she puts him on restriction or something like that because he's trying to get all those books from what's his name Wong. The library yeah yeah the library you know, and he, and he uses his little ring thing to grab him and all sorts of stuff. The scene's pretty funny, but he's still going after knowledge he shouldn't have. And that's the whole impetus of that movie. That's how he becomes the Sorcerer Supreme. So if that's the thing that we're measuring Agatha's, you know, quote-unquote badness on, then I don't know that that's a fair assessment. Now, when she murders the little bird... And I don't know that bunnies eat birds, but when no, she murders the bird. <laughs> bunnies are herbivores. That means they do not eat birds or insects. I right, right. think that they do eat meat on occasion, though. Do really? they? Okay. Like, I think that they are. Herb- there's there's a certain 
kind of herbivore where they're, they are also omnivores by, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, if the situation demands it, they'll uh, eat other okay. things. Necessity? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, like um, pandas are actually technically carnivores because they are bears, but they rarely ever eat meat. Same with cows. Cows will eat meat if they... Really? Yeah, yeah. There's... Well, I just haven't spent enough time on the farm. Or on the internet. Is <laughs> or on the internet, yes. Like, this is like some video where chickens were disappearing or something like that in, in this farm in India or something. Like, it's 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 far away from where we are right now. And, and they put up cameras and saw that the chickens were running into the cow pen and the cows were just eating the chickens. Well, I just didn't, maybe it's the particular kind of cow, but cows don't even have upper teeth, much less the teeth that can handle meat. But they have strong so jaws and that, big mouths. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, that's surprising. And four stomachs to digest all of that. Yeah. It's not, it's not their intended meal, but yeah. Right. My, my knowledge of herbivores and carnivores are from, is from, Jurassic Park, the first one. So I didn't know bunnies ate birds, but still, I don't, that was about the meanest, most evil thing she did. Otherwise, she was kind of being like a, a mentor. I mean, mm-hmm. she was almost, she was one step away from sending Luke into the, into the, to the cave of wonders to fight Darth Vader with his own face. I, you guys follow I mean, that? she relished, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She relished um, killing just, her mother. Took the brooch off of her mother and has been wearing it ever since. And I get, I, I do not get the impression that she's actually wanting to help Wanda. She is pushing Wanda into these traumas to find out what gave Wanda so much power. In the process, she also kidnapped Wanda's children. And at the end, had Wanda's children yeah. on these leashes, magic leashes around their throats. So see the end. I always forget about the end in this, in this conversation that I have with myself because at the end she is endangering Wanda's children, right? To get what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not willing to quote unquote, put the white hat on, on her. (laughs) Her hat's gray. Like don't get me wrong. Yeah. Or purple, which shows up gray in, uh, in black and white, by the way. That's true. That's true. (laughs) So yeah, no, her her hat's gray, very very gray. I just don't think she's, and I could be. This sounds a lot like the argument we had a couple of weeks ago when we when Ben and you and I were like, no no no, she's she's she had her mind wiped and and then turns around and Agatha it was Agatha all along. So yeah, I have a theory about what Agatha is up to, and it's building on something I said earlier in an earlier episode. Remember when I said that I think that Agatha is after trying to find someone to help her find, get her husband or bring her husband back to life or something like that? Mm-hmm. I think I know where her husband is. Where's that? Her husband's Senior Scratchy. Senior Scratchy. I don't know. Because in comics, she has a son that's called Nick Scratch. Nick, Nick Scratch. But this is Senior Scratchy. Oh, Mr. that's true. Scratchy. That's true. <laughs> nickname for the devil and i believe if i'm not wrong if i think agatha is married to the devil if i recall correctly well she also mentions the devil a couple of times in uh especially in the um 
the Dottie episode where she says the devil's in the details. Dottie says the devil's in the details, and Agatha says something like, that's not the only place he is. Right. Or something like that, yeah. So who do you think the devil's going to be? Because at this point, he's going to show... Senior Scratchy, the rabbit. Yes, but the actor portraying the devil. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I <laughs> There's so well, many different ways you could go. At this point, I would be very happy if they didn't go with that. I would love to just see it be Agatha is it. The buck stops there. And we don't bring Mephisto into it. Because we have Agatha and she's enough. But I'm wondering if, uh, because Agatha in the beginning tried to show her all these transmutation spells and possession spells. By the way, she does say that Pietro or fake Pietro or Fietro is under possession spell. So there is a person there, a a really living person who is under her control. She didn't just make him out of nothing. It also sounds like it might just be Joe Schmo from New Jersey. Like just random dude. Quicksilver yep. from another universe, and it becomes it, it's, why it's an in joke. It's a it's an in joke, and it's not an in universe thing. I'm okay. Okay, but <laughs> I don't believe this show does that. I think ev- this show does everything on purpose, and it's not just oh look, what, you know this will be fun. I think there's a reason. I agree, but yes, and the reason I is think- stunt casting <laughs> in sitcoms. <laughs> It's but not I enough. Just, uh, that's think, plenty for me. Okay, go ahead. I, sorry. I, I just think that Agatha, that Scratch, old Scratch, senior Scratchy, was transformed into a bunny rabbit, has a lock on this spell, and Agatha cannot get him out of it. That's what I'm thinking. And she's hoping that somehow she can convince Wanda to undo this spell. Because clearly there are spells where you can lock a, a witch or someone of power out of creating a spell or doing spell work. That's definitely a possibility. I mean, from what we've seen, everything you said works really well with what we've seen. And then like, then, you know, Mephisto comes in at the very, 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 very end. And that leads us to where we're going to go next. Right. So I could, uh, Dr. Strange, Hmm, Strange or, or, or they haven't announced a season two of WandaVision. So we, I mean, there could be a season two of WandaVision. We don't know. I, w- I would think if, if Mephisto was going to show up, it's going to be like the last, you know, frame <laughs> or scene or, or even post credit, something like that. You know, there have been talks of a surprise cameo at the end of the in <laughs> next week. So I'm wondering I, I if have the a surprise about cameo that, is. Yeah. But I What's mean, there, I've heard of a lot of possibilities that it could be someone from another universe or well we, we talked about some of those like last intro? time like yeah but we uh, paul bettany referred to someone that he's wanted to work with since he started acting and so that's what got people thinking oh ian mckellen oh patrick stewart oh like all these like classy names that have been involved in some form of marvel thing you know i have a theory that he was referring to the fact that there's two visions and he gets to work with himself. That, 
that's what he's saying. Cause he's, he was talking really nice about like, this is someone who's such an amazing actor and there's such chemistry when we're on the screen together. And, and I'm just looking in that now and saying, Hmm, we have a second vision right now. What if he's talking about himself? I don't think Paul Bettany has that kind of clout. No, no, it's, it's a joke. Like this whole time it's, he, he was trolling us, right? Like he was joking about this. Ah, someone I've wanted to work with for such a long time. It's me. <laughs> and Talk about trying to see something that isn't there. <laughs> so here's where I have the problem. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm worried about is that we're, we're getting into this. Every Disney plus series has to have a huge, you know, in universe cameo by someone who's who's amazing you know like at the end of uh mandalorian you know what you know and i'm not going to say it because i don't want to spoil it for people but you know what you know i don't want that to be a thing i want it to be a surprise if it happens or if it doesn't happen i want it to be a solid ending i don't want to have to i don't want you to have to hang that series on whether or not someone shows up at the end i i agree with you i i really do uh, and I, I honestly think that it's quite possible that Paul Bettany was just joking about himself, that he gets to be on screen with himself. And there isn't like this amazing, you know, some sort of, I don't know who, who it might be, uh, but Ian McKellen. Okay. I'm cool with Ian McKellen not showing up because right. we have a great show going on here. Mm-hmm. And again, story wise, if it works, well. Make it happen. Make it so, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I mean, but but that being said, I wouldn't mind Benedict Cumberbatch showing up. Oh, but Paul Bettany has worked with Benedict Cumberbatch before, has he? I know. I'm throwing that out the window. I don't think anybody in the – I don't think any press release that has come out has been truthful. <laughs> I'm just ignoring <laughs> them all. Any article written online – has been false or at least not 100%. It again, though, it doesn't matter. We've, we've got it. We've had a great show. Right. We've had a great right. show. We have great performances from everyone who's on the screen right now. So far, we don't need a big giant name to mm-hmm. come in and add prestige to this show because mm-hmm. the show right. has it. The show has, mm-hmm. the writing has been so good. The directing has been so good. The design has been so good. The acting the has been acting. so good, yeah. especially in this episode. I mean, you, Elizabeth Olsen, I mean, she goes through it all. Yeah. She deserves an award, but she's not even going to get talked about because it's on cable. No, um, no, no. It, streaming. It, that's, that's, that's breaking down now though. They're, they're giving Emmys to streaming shows. She won't they're get an Oscar Emmys for this. To, yeah, they're giving Emmys to streaming shows. It's just that if it's, you know, in this like blockbuster tentpole sort of thing, popcorn kind of movie or show, that the awards sh- um that the award programs such as the Oscars are not even interested in it. I rewatched um yesterday Endgame and again it, it just makes me so angry in the first 20 to 30 minutes almost every lead actor goes through a huge arc and all of the acting in that movie was ignored by the Oscars and it makes me so upset because everybody on that's in that film they were all phenomenal I'm not I'm not ready to get upset without looking at who were who was the competition 
you know, mm-hmm. th- that's the other thing. Okay. So what was the competition that year for, for the actors? And it's quite possible that the competition wasn't there, you know, that, that, that was the best of the best, but here she may not get recognition from the Emmys or whatever, but the mm-hmm. Emmys are recognizing streaming shows now because well, it's not, it's, it's not just acting. I mean, like costuming until recently, the comic book movies and sci-fi movies they typically were not nominated for Oscars for costuming for original costuming. Whereas like say uh, a period piece would be nominated. Well, the period piece costumings based on real clothing that people used to wear. Whereas the sci-fi stuff is frequently very original and very very intricate. Yes. I mean the, the award, companies or groups or whatever are acknowledging more genre stuff. They're acknowledging more streaming stuff for sure. Yes. Um, I would love to see her get some sort of recognition for it, but if she doesn't, she has to be proud of that work. You know, she has to walk away from that work and go, that was some good acting. Yes. Yes. And we're recognizing her. That's enough, right? There you go. She, you know okay, what? Maybe not. <laughs> she gets a she gets an award from us. I don't know what it is. A but no we'll prize. Give her one. Sure. Yeah. Elizabeth well, Olsen, your no prize is in the mail. Well, well I would say her older listening. sisters would be jealous, but I guarantee you they're not. They're probably very proud of their younger sister. So. <laughs> it, she's she's the younger of the three. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Huh. yeah. And they also have a younger brother. Wow. Who famously they tried to sell for uh, 25 cents in their music video that they did <laughs> as I five or six year olds. Yeah. Brother for sale. Why Ooh. do I remember that? Oh, I man. don't know. I'm sorry. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> you, need to, really you need to excise that from your memory and fill it with something else. Literally anything. Hey, we need to talk about this whole Sokovia scene, though. Okay, Okay. so the bomb (laughs) falls. We see the parents, and I didn't look up the parents' names, but from what I can tell, I was wrong about the the people in the commercial. Looks like. Yes. Maybe I should look it up, but it looks like the parents are not the people from the commercial. No, they're not. No. But there's still a chance that uh, Wanda and Pietro were adopted, and they did not know it. And there's also a chance that this is Agatha using people who aren't the actual people. Right. You know, I mean, she did it with Pietro, Pietro. So the bomb falls. And according to Agatha, the reason the bomb did not go off was a probability hex from Scarlet Witch. I think that's true. I think that's true too, because we know she's at least 400 years old and I'm hoping that she can have this like sixth sense of when someone else is a witch and when they're using powers. I'm hoping that, you know, over 400 years, she kind of gained that somewhere as well, a witch. That's um, what brought her here, though. I mean, she was not, according to my reading of this, she was not a Westview resident. She came there because she was drawn to the magic cry. On autopilot. Right. Yeah. She was drawn Which, to this this burst of power. It's like when... But- I'm having trouble with that too. Cause I have, when we get towards the end of the episode, I'll explain, but I just, I'm having trouble with that too. So, so in my work, I do a lot of looking at what people are doing and sort of trying to figure out a, how to do it better. What, 
what's going on. You kind of have to unravel, you know, their process. Right. And so in that sense, I'm kind of like Agatha in this, I would look at, you know, somebody doing their work and I'd go, well, okay, you're doing X, Y, Z when really you should probably start one letter before X. And I don't remember what that is right now. It's okay. W X, Y, (laughs) Z. So, uh, thanks, Ben. Thanks for the assist. I appreciate it. So Agatha's doing that. And so, yeah, I could totally see her going, wait a second. What's the probability that a Stark made bomb is not going to explode? Really guys, come on. It's probably this little baby, witch, you know, putting a a hex on it that she doesn't understand. I think now Agatha is Salieri and Wanda is Mozart. Yeah. Yes. Great example. Always comes back to that for you, doesn't it? <laughs> and by always, I mean this is the second time you brought that up. <laughs> but and I don't remember the first time. So I don't either. I don't Samantha. remember the context, but it was brought up on this podcast. <laughs> can, can we can we talk about swamp monsters, Ben? <laughs> it always it always comes back to swamp monsters for I, certain. I have a connection to a swamp monster in this episode. In this episode. In this episode. Ooh. Can you tell me now? Can we? Sure. We, you want to jump to the end? No, no. But Can I don't want to forget. Can we talk about toasters? <laughs> sure. Let's talk about toasters. Okay. So there's a connection between this episode, a direct connection between this episode and episode one. The toaster we saw in the first commercial had a little red blinking light, and it also had the same beeping as the bomb that we saw in and it was apartment. a Stark toaster. It was a Stark, a Stark toaster. toaster and a Stark bomb. Right. But it did not explode. Neither did the toaster. Right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Although it did burn the toast a little bit, maybe. But yeah. Hey, so they're watching Dick Van Dyke show and her favorite episode is the Walnut episode. You know who else has that favorite episode? Me. For Dick Van Dyke, you you did a little bit of a dive, didn't you? Yeah, a, a little bit. I watched like seven episodes in a row. <laughs> but you watched the Walnut episode twice. It's so good, isn't it? <laughs> it's hilarious, and Mary Tyler Moore is gorgeous in it, and Dick Van Dyke is on. I, that's like the pinnacle of that series, right? That episode. Yeah, I don't know about the pinnacle. There's some really, really funny stuff that goes on in. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there. They have some really funny episodes, some really probably funny a episodes. highlight from that series. It's my highlight for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely fantastic. The writing's on par. The, I mean, Carl Reiner wrote those episodes. Genius. Of course, he's a really good writer and a comedian, so it works. Yeah. yeah. But oh, yeah. Great episode. So she asks for them to watch season two, episode 21 of the Dick Van Dyke show. Do you know what episode the Walnut episode is? Season two, episode 20. Yeah. In some places. In other places, it's 21. So on Prime, it's 20. If you go to IMDb and watch it there, it's 21. And if you Uh, go to to Wikipedia and look at their list Mm -hmm. of episodes, it is the 20th episode. It's the 51st episode filmed, though. So that's also interesting. 
or at least in the production code. Uh, also interesting is it was ranked number 15 for TV Guide's list of 100 greatest episodes of television in 97, moved up two spots in 2009 to number 13. Hmm. So after a decade of more television coming, instead of getting knocked down, it went up. But it's just really good. The The That's show great. itself, though. The show itself. Oh, did. yeah. I watched, the, I watched the one where he couldn't... Um... He couldn't not pick up people's checks. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. And it's uh, simple. And the delivery episodes are funny. Um, when, when they have the baby, there's an episode called, um, I think it's called The Masterpiece, which is a really funny about a, a painting that they found and has a great, great punchline at the very end. Just such a great show. Great show. Well, I, now I know which series I'm going to get my husband on after we finish Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Because we're always always looking for these really hilarious TV shows to just, you know, well, wind down to at the end of the day. That's kind of like nonsense and almost noncommittal. What what I found refreshing about the Dick Van Dyke show, and, and this show was from, what, the 60s, Ben? Yes. Before that? What? So what I thought... Uh, yeah, it's from the 60s, and uh, Dick Van Dyke got the option for this after uh, Mary Poppins. You're right. So what I found real interesting for it about it is the same reason I like Corner Gas. <laughs> it's simple, it's well-written, and there's not a lot of, like, flashbang. It's, you know, the epitome of situation comedy. And in this case, there's some walnuts. <laughs> Now, she gives away the twist ending. It was all a dream. <laughs> I mean, now you know it was all a dream in that episode. But, of course, if it wasn't a dream, then that show was going in a very, very odd direction, having yeah. gone a season and a half of just being a regular sitcom. <laughs> you mean after 60 years, she spoiled Dick Van Dyke? She did. She did. <laughs> now, can you? Okay. Spoiler Spoiler warnings. If you are younger than the show, can you honestly claim to be spoiled by something? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't you think can. So either. Well, yes. Yeah, actually, yes. Absolutely. I, if you guys remember when the Star Wars original trilogy was released in the late 90s, I took a friend to go see Empire Strikes Back, and I spoiled the end of Return of the Jedi by accident that Leia was Luke's sister. Because she was just blown away that that Darth Vader was Luke's father. So she had no clue. And I did not right. realize she had but, never seen the trilogy before. But that's not on you. <laughs> no, it's it's on her parents for not exposing her to good sci-fi. No, A spoiler nice. can happen at any time, right? It can. It's just yeah. someone okay, reveals something did. to you that's supposed to be revealed by the story. I'm reading Moby Dick. Nobody spoil it for me. The book's but, like 150,000 years old. Don't spoil it for me. But the point is, is that there was a, a comparison between Dick Van Dyke and what's going on with Wanda, that she's in a dream. I mean, whether or not mm -hmm. you want to, I mean, she's in a flashback sequence in a hex bubble about a town that every day they're in a new decade sitcom. So it's a dream within a dream within a dream. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and and what she's experiencing there, she's experiencing, like she changed into young Wanda. 
Mm-hmm. And and so she's going through it all again. And it is a dream to her. Right. So. Okay. Do we want to move on to the next one? Next time. Actually, I have a question. Okay. So Wanda was born a witch. And earlier in this episode, in, in the first basement scene, the word transmutation is used, and the root word is mutation or mutant. Does that mean that Wanda is a mutant now, that she we know that she was born a witch? I'm not willing to make that claim because this sounds like something else. This sounds like people are born with who are able to tap into a power like the Force. Magic. Okay. That's so that's maybe, my take yeah. on it. Maybe they're able to tap into magic we don't understand yet, like the Asgardians. Right. Did okay. Right. We, my, we, my, we may find out that that it is what they call it, but okay. So oh, I, so you're saying they're they are maybe mutants in the MCU now? Well, absolutely. There there are going to be mutants. I mean, I think that that's a foregone conclusion. The question <laughs> is, are they going to show up? in universe and all of a sudden like oh we start having mutants existing now and they're they're being born or they were born 10 years ago or or after the blip you know children born after the blip have a chance of being born mutants or is it going to be the kind of thing where they retcon it and wolverine has been around since 1903 but we just never knew because he was in the shadows the whole time that's the question which way are they going to go with it in my opinion okay (laughs) And I feel like the the they need to have a defining moment. And I think we're building to that. Um, and I think slowly over time, we're going to have this defining moment of now there are ex, there are mutants in the in the MCU. Yeah. Before we go to speaking Hill High. Okay, yeah, speaking of defining moments, can we talk about her first encounter with the Mind Stone? Can we do some one thing real quick before that? When when sure. Agatha was was talking to her about all this autopilot power that she had, I did like the little bit that she did to kind of go through and, and just walk through. Like, here's all of the spells that happened all at one time, you know, with the bug, the transmutation, you know, all all this stuff, you know, spontaneous creation, and all these things that she did with the bug, turning into a bird and everything. That was really I love the visual of it. I love the taunting of her voice. And it was a nice, nice moment. Um, But I don't think transmutation was meant to refer to mutants. I think it was meant to refer to this actual like phrase that's used in like magic. That that kind of spell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what um, McGonagall teaches. That's That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Hydra. Hydra. So I am very glad that they answered one of my big questions. And I don't remember that I even had this question until I saw it the second time. Would you guys like to know what that question was? Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. Loki's staff. The Mind Stone was blue. The Tesseract was blue. I got very confused. I remember being very confused. I remember talking about my confusion on either this podcast or the other one. Welcome to the uh, Infinity Initiative. They changed it from blue to yellow in this show. I was very glad for that. Oh, it it changed in 
uh, Ultron as well. That blue stone cracked open and there was a little yellow stone inside. I don't remember that. Yep. I remember this episode. <laughs> well, because that's, the, that's okay, the one that, that went on his that, forehead, right? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that was not the only confusing blue glowy thing, too, because there's a separate blue glowing box in the beginning of uh, the first Thor movie that I confused the Tesseract with. Mm-hmm. So I think at some point they realized we got to stop using blue as a glowy thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we see her go in because she's volunteered to be Hydra. And we see the stone make all sorts of powery, zappy things happen. And she sees a ethereal figure in all of the power. Is that her? Is this a time stone situation that we're looking at? Is she looking at herself from the future? Are we going to see future Wanda in episode nine go back in time to talk to old Wanda or young Wanda? No, past Wanda? because I, I can actually answer one of those questions. Okay. On, I think either Reddit or Twitter, someone took a screenshot of the glowy figure and enhanced it so you can better see the person who that figure is. And that figure is clearly Wanda wearing her her comic book accurate crown. But she's also wearing her MCU accurate costume just with the crown. I can send you the link. Would you like me to send you the link? I can send you the link. I think I've seen this. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds awfully like the Red Angel from Discovery. Uh, I'm going to send you guys the link because it sounds like Stuart does not believe me. I believe you. I've seen it. Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying that I, I, if it is that, I kind of don't want it to be that. And you know, what do I know? I'm just a guy watching the TV show, but, um, because it, that's basically what happened in, in discovery. But it could be a thing or again, it could be. Unreliable narration. Maybe that didn't happen the way that we're seeing it happen. I don't know that we have a good read on what's reliable or unreliable narration. And I don't know that we're going to until the end of next episode. Well, speaking of completely honest. Yeah. Speaking of unreliable narration. I mean, that's a really good question because we see the stone come out of the blue shell, come to her, imbue some sort of power in her. And then later we see a videotape and all of that's cut out. She's Wanda is cut from standing to laying flat on the ground. But there were two scientists observing her and they saw the stone go from blue to yellow and go to her. So while they don't have it on tape, they do have witnesses that that's how she encountered this stone. Also, the other subjects died while touching the stone. So if she didn't, if she did uh, have some sort of contact with the stone, then she possibly could have died if there was not something special about her. Because regular humans die when touching these stones directly. And that's why if you watch the, the earlier movies, if someone picks up a stone, they're either not directly touching the stone or they're wearing gloves or something. 
Yeah, she definitely had something going on. She had some for some sort of latent abilities. The whatever it is, is it was she force sensitive, quote unquote, magic sensitive or whatever. Because then the question is, okay, so what's going on with her brother? Like he's not a witch; he just runs fast. <laughs> and how does that work? Is is this mutation? You know, is it a fa- a thing where they have these two mutants who they had their powers jump started by by the stone? Didn't didn't Ultron say that Hydra experimented on them with the stone? So the same thing that happened to her could have happened to him, given him super speedy powers. Although, why is the Mind Stone giving somebody super speedy powers? But whatever, let's not look into that. I mean, it could just be, you know, there's latent power and it's a battery, you know? Right. It's a 12 volt battery that is jump starting a, a nine volt dude. And so now he's running do around with put super your speed. Tongue, do not put your tongue on the 12 volt battery. No. I won't. Uh, I saw one person, I forget who they were or they were, cre- I would credit them right now, but they had a theory that when Wanda was given her or her powers were amplified by the mind stone that she somehow sent a protection stone onto her brother and that kept her brother from being destroyed by the mind stone and the mind stone instead changed him and gave him powers. Mm, that's an interesting one. It's a possibility. What I really want to do now is go back and look at the comic book stuff because I don't remember if the comic books touched on this. And when I say comic books, I mean the MCU tie-in comics. Mm. I want to see if they've just erased some MCU tie-in material or not, but Mm. here she is. And, And this is, this is the place where people are saying, okay, she was a mutant and her latent powers were unlocked. But I would say looking at this, there's something else going on in her family. You know, this is, this is a genetic thing. Yes. Maybe passed on from, you know, throughout the generations and maybe it's the, the female gets the, the witch powers and the male gets the other. Um, although she has two boys and they both have different powers, but. But their know, father is also a, a, a um, synthesoid. So, oh, you know, right. And, 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 and so is this something that's passed on? I don't know. I don't know. That's we'll find out. We we will find out. I'm pretty sure these are going to be answers that we'll get in next episode. Nope. Just more questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do believe that next episode has a lot to do. It has some heavy lifting to do, but I, I really do believe that we're going to get most, if not all of the answers to the questions brought up by this show. It may bring up more questions to be answered in a movie. But we'll find out. The next episode has so much to answer for, and I'm hoping that it's an hour-long episode. I really am. It's not. It's only 40 minutes. 40 minutes is still 40 minutes. I mean, that's a long time. Well, it's like seven minutes of minutes. Yeah, it's like seven minutes of of credits. So maybe even at even at just seven minutes. I mean, that's that's you still have like 32 minutes for an episode, which I've some of these episodes have been 32 minutes long before you get to the credits. We'll see. We'll see. I think that they're going to do just fine. Okay. Next, 
we move to the Avengers compound and it's right after age of Ultron. And so this is what's nice. We've seen, we did not see before how her parents were killed. We did not see her touch the stone, you know, but these are important moments that were alluded to in the movies, but we did see Pietro die. And so this is a nice scene that I would have loved to have gotten. I would have loved to have gotten this back after age of Ultron, you know, because I didn't care about the relationship when they showed up in, in uh, civil war. And so then in infinity war, we're really supposed to care about the relationship. And I was just kind of, okay, whatever. They're cute together. I didn't feel it. But if I had seen this episode, this, this, well, yeah, it is kind of an episode. If I had seen Wanda and vision have this conversation and seen the beginning sparks more so than we saw in Ultron, this would have changed my whole perception of them in civil war. So I went back and watched watched civil war and infinity war yesterday, actually. And uh, while I, I agree with you, Ben, I think it's one of those things, you know, how in, in comics where they're like, to find out more, read, you know, Fantastic Four number 138 at the very bottom. Like, uh-huh. That's what that kind of thing is for this. You know. Yeah, it, but I would have liked to have had this back then. Well, but. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that they didn't I mean, put the scene into that movie because one, that movie was two, about two and a half hours long already, which means mm-hmm. that a scene like this would have been left on the cutting room floor uh-huh. and two i don't know if we would have gotten the line what is grief if not love pers- pers- persevering okay I i'm, love I'm that not line. saying i wanted the scene in the movie i'm saying i wanted the scene back then <laughs> like i didn't care about the relationship after That's okay, that movie. you didn't care about it then it's okay no i'm okay, saying so, I, I wanted this back then so i could care uh, right uh, so now when when you watch it it's gut-wrenching so so the the scene when in Infinity War when they um, right bef- the last moments they have together somewhat normal in Scotland uh, is gut wrenching. And then when she has to take the when she finally takes the Infinity Stone out and kills him, and then Thanos comes and and does his thing and and you know does his thing and and ends the movie. It's gut wrenching. It works on and. It works in a level that I don't think I've seen in TV and movies in a long time. So what it I, is hashtag all connected. What I did go back and watch, I didn't have time to watch like three movies yesterday uh, that are each five hours long. But what right. I did have time to do today was watch that final scene between Vision and Ultron. Because this scene here reminded me of that little scene between them where – you know, Ultron saying you're, you're naive and, and they're such short lived people, which becomes even more ironic when you realize that the vision dies not too long after that. But vision says just because something is, is uh, brief doesn't mean it's not beautiful. And I always loved that scene. So I went back and watched that scene. This is a better scene. Don't get me wrong. This is a wonderful, beautiful scene. And that line, Samantha, that you mentioned, what is grief, if not love persevering, that's a beautiful, uh, beautiful line. That's that's the whole theme of this series, I think. 
they they put on their writer's hat with that one for sure. Yeah. And I think, well, I not think it's just a fact. Vision gets the best lines and Paul Bettany is the perfect person to, to, to yeah. deliver them. So as much as I didn't care about their relationship, Vision has always been a character I loved watching on the screen in comics. Yeah, whatever. I, I He does what he does and he's fine in the stories. But in the movie, in Ultron, I he was a highlight for me in Ultron. And here it's, it's just another moment that he gets where I'm just, oh, he doesn't even mean to. Like he's exploring what it means to be human. By watching humans, he's not doing the data thing where he wants to be human, but he wants to understand humanity. And so he's defining things for himself and then creating these definitions. Like just because it's brief doesn't mean it can't be beautiful. What is grief? If not love persevering, he's defining these things for himself and then expressing them to the people around him. And this is why I can picture Wanda falling in love with vision is He's just a wonderful human being, so to speak, quote unquote. Which is also why in Civil War, when he loses focus and accidentally shoots Rhodey, it's that's pretty intense. I mean, to th- it, when you start putting the pieces in place and tracking his sort of arc all the way through and 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 looking at that not so great moment in Civil War and then, you know, further on through to infinity war or whatnot. It's a, it's, he, it gives this really fully fleshed out performance. Um, that again, I don't think was in the comics. And again, Paul Bettany, I mean, he, he deserves awards. He deserves awards for this character. And he's not going to get them. (sighs) Well, I'm not sending two no prizes. So, that's fine. It's just Elizabeth Olsen who doesn't get one. No, she gets, she gets <laughs> definitely gets, doesn't get one, but he's an honorable mention. If it re- gets returned in the mail, we'll send it to him. So wonderful scene. And, and honestly, I, you say they were putting on the writer hats. Yes, because they're writing about stuff. That's about what does it mean to be a human? And loss is part of humanity. Because we all are born and we all die. Like as soon as life happens, there is one destination for that life. However early or late it might be, there's there's one destination. But then there's what happens in between. And that's where grief and love and all these other things come into play. And this is definitely one of those. It's a star stuff moment. If you know what I'm talking about from from. uh mm-hmm. Uh, Babylon Cosmos. five. Oh, yeah. Babylon five. Yeah. He, he talks about, um, just the, we're all made, we're made of the star, the stuff of stars, you know? That's oh, I pulled that from cosmos. Oh, yeah. Might be from cosmos. Also too. the truth from physics, like just science. Right. Carl Sagan talks about it in cosmos. So JMS That's stole what? it from him, but JMS is using it to talk about how, what the value of humanity is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then it becomes the whole, I mean, if you're looking at that line, you know, if everything is special is nothing special, you and know what I'm saying? That's Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's talk about sword. We already talked a little bit about that. She 
really goes in and instead of going in and blowing everything up, like it looks like in the cameras, she ends up having this kind of Faustian conversation with Hayward. Is Hayward the devil? Because he's trying to talk her. I, I get the feeling almost that he's trying to walk her through and talk her into trying to bring him back. Like just little hints like, well, you could do this. And it's that sly, almost devilish kind of a way. I don't think he is, but he's definitely playing the role here. I think he is. I mean, because he's been since before she came back, since he acquired Vision's body, he's been trying to reactivate Vision. And he hasn't been able to do that until somewhere right around this. oh, Oh, no, we know exactly when. It's when he acquires that drone that has been infused with Wanda's powers. But he's not the actual devil. No, but he's trying to be. He's yeah, but it's yeah, he's trying for that Faustian kind of bargain. Let's let's talk this through. Hey, you know, planting seeds of ideas. Right. Which works then. He plants the seed which ultimately, you know, she goes, she cries out and she starts building vision. But what a reveal. She did not take the body. She did not take the body. She created a new body. And now the question is, are, is the vision that's in the hex? That's, that's not even the real vision, right? It's Which her. explains why he was falling apart when he tried to leave the hex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because everything that he was, was from the hex. Can we talk about how irresponsible the Avengers really are? They just left his body there to to do what? Be picked up by sword? Come on, guys. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure the Wakandans picked up his body first. Yeah. And then they probably returned it to the U.S., which sent it to sword. (sighs) Captain America should not have allowed that. Mm. (laughs) Well, it was post-blip, you know? Everything else is going on. That's true. Plus, we didn't get to see that part. Um, Well... I know. I'm just being hyperbolic here. Come on, guys. Okay. Well, can we also talk about Wanda creating the in-hex vision? Because when she created that house and started the whole hex thing, when she created vision, it was not red power that was coming out of her. It was yellow power. Well, it was red power coming out of her that became yellow. When right. it was making vision. Yeah. And and so similar to when um, the blue powers were attacking Agatha. And then it, she sent out purple power. You know, this is w- Wanda's putting out red power and we're getting this yellow display of vision and he's being knit together and beautiful imagery of him coming together. It's, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But again, and I'm not sure if it's the same person, but another video I saw on YouTube, someone theorized that when Wanda encountered the Mind Stone for the first time, that it imprinted a memory of itself into her, but knew in the future that the stone was going to be destroyed. So it made a copy of itself in her. And then when she came to do this hex, that copy was made, like released from inside of her and created the new vision. So in, in essence, it's a copy of Vision's soul. 
it, that we have here. It could be. I need to see it on screen before I'm going to go that go that route, though. Show me on screen. But I mean, it's not it's a just YouTube a theory uh, that someone else came up that I really like, and I cannot remember that person's name right now, or I would say them. But right now, it's just you know the, that whole Arthur C. Clarke thing, right? Um, yeah. Technology sufficient looks like magic, or I can't remember what yeah. it is. But it's the technology magic thing. Um, and that's really cool. I like how they're leaving questions for us to sit and ponder for two hours. But this whole thing does kind of reinforce the idea that this is her dealing with her grief. We talked about this for oh, yeah. many episodes. Oh, yeah. She goes into Hayward. She wants to bury his body. She wants closure. She ends up walking away knowing that she can't bury his body. She can't have the closure she wants. She gets in her car and there's an envelope there. And we don't know what the envelope is. I I thought, okay, did someone put it there? Is this a threat? Is this, you know, an invitation? We find out what it is, though. It's from Vision. He apparently, when they were in Scotland, had bought this property and uh, was was going to, you know, just that was where they were going to move in together or whatever and, and, and start their life together or finish their life together, whatever it was going to be. And so she goes to the property. It's in Westview. And, and that's where she just lets it out. That's where she has this first out, outburst of grief. And this first outburst of grief, you know, whenever something tragic happens, and I haven't gone through too many deep tragedies, but we, you know, I have experienced loss and I've, you know, I've experienced pain and, and that kind of thing. But whenever you have that kind of thing happen, one of the first reactions is, you know, that denial. It's that I don't want this to be so. I don't want this to be true. Can this just be a dream when I wake up? Can this just be something that, um, you know, is just the, the, the traumatic thing is not real. I'm going to wake up. And, and this is her with magic dealing with that, where she just cries out. The magic powers just explode from her. And what does it do? It creates the life. She never got to have, and it rewrites the tragedy by bringing him back. And wouldn't we all love to have that power? Well, yes, except this, it's not real. It's not real. It's an illusion. It's television, which is an illusion of real life. Mm -hmm. So the five stages of grief, which is what we've talked about before. The first one is denial. Then there's anger, then there's bargaining, then there's depression. And the last episode, I mean, the last one is acceptance. So uh, you could, you could easily slot depression into where she is right now. Right. It's, it's not an episode by episode thing, but it's you're no, definitely, it's, they do no. explore these, these parts mm -hmm. of grief. Because in reality, when someone is grieving, they don't automatically go through all those stages in order. Sometimes they jump back and forth. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But this um, is also bargaining, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. This is also her bargaining that, uh, what can I do to fix this? What can I do to make this so it, it didn't happen? Yeah. And sometimes, even years later, you can revisit some of those feelings, but the way grief works in reality is that as time goes on, you learn how to live with the grief. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think the, I think where we're going to leave Wanda in the next episode is an acceptance of yes, vision is gone. 
and she is the most powerful being on the planet. Let's hope <laughs> or so. One yeah. of the most powerful beings on the planet. The one thing, though, that they've worked at making sure we don't see this as a she's going crazy mm-hmm. because of her grief. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure. I wondered if this is building her up to be the villain of Multiverse of Madness. I don't think so at this point. I think that by the end of this, she will be back on track. And I think we will have that fifth stage, that acceptance. And it makes perfect sense to have this as a series, right? Because she lost her parents. She lost Pietro. She lost Vision. And then she blipped away and was gone for five years. And then she comes back and it's like the first, you know, first downtime she's had to really process all this grief. And not many other characters in the MCU have that arc, have that sort of circle. For this whole thing with the deed, that's not what I wrote down, but this is a really interesting conversation. Um, What I wrote down was, I don't think Wanda put that deed into the car. I think she got into the car, found this deed there, and she was surprised by it. That's what I read when I saw it on screen. Oh, I, I... I thought it was there. Like she, she had it from him and, and it was, she had put it there. I, I think she was intentionally planning to go to Westview after like she'd already. Oh, read it. Okay. Well, that would make sense because if she had this property and she wanted to bury vision, well, this yeah. place would be a perfect place to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and to be fair, I, I don't necessarily think Hayward is a good guy. Right. But I don't know that you could bury $3 billion worth of vibranium. Just gonna, I don't think that could happen. So it makes sense for him to be like, look, I, I understand what you are saying. You can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) And realistically, burying vision is not the smart thing to do. What you want to do is send him back, send those pieces back to Wakanda, have them melt them down and just, and have them create something else like more shields for captain America, you know, or, or, you know, something like that. That's when T'Challa says, get this man a shield. <laughs> so what do we have next here? I believe that we, yeah, we're, we see Westview turn into the, uh, uh, the sitcom version of, of the town. Uh, we see the people of Westview. You know, there's Phil, there's the delivery guy, and they're turning into the the uh, people on on the sitcom. Uh, I do think that when Pietro was teasing her about the children being asleep, I think that might have been true. Like he, I think that she maybe did have them kind of in their beds and just sleeping and and ready to come out for the Halloween episode. But yeah, you saw Joe Rupp looking rather on the older side of life normally if she's always kind of looked a little older but this one she looked much older which she's is interesting always looked the same age to me like yeah. she's someone... she has yeah, yeah. But and that's... in that shot she looked older than that that's probably because she's in color but 
she that's her with her real hair and right. it's just that's in her saying. earlier appearance in the series she had her hair that looked similar to the way she wore it in that 70s show right and in that 70s show for the first several seasons she wore a wig um but something about and just the front part of her hair that was her real hair with the wig on top of it and but something about the way she wore the wig, it was damaging her hair, so they stopped using it. And that's why her, her hair changed later in later seasons of that 70s show. But, but yeah, this is what she looked like towards the end of that 70s show. More like it. Right. So do we think any of these characters are anything? Or they're just people that she is using? Well, notably, Dottie was not one of the people that we saw. Yeah, so she could be. I I saw Dottie. Oh, maybe, maybe I, I, I didn't notice Dottie. her. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, I'm pulling it back up yeah, just yeah. to be sure, because uh, that's a big thing I think needs to be addressed. So, if you guys want to go on, I'll I'll look at it and then I will let you know. Uh, because Dottie, and then um. Oh, I can't remember his name. And we didn't Herb? see the doctor. We did didn't see, see the doctor. We no. saw the stash. <laughs> I forgot we were calling him that. <laughs> we saw the we saw the delivery guy. He was mm-hmm. delivering pizzas and not, you know, Amazon boxes. Or uh, what was it Herb. called? Oh, I can't remember what he had. His, his delivery was called last week. Presto. Yes, Presto. That's it. We saw Herb. Yeah, Dottie was from, Dottie was ne- was absent though. From my she memory, she was absent. I I just she was in the last episode. She was doing flowers in the last episode. Okay, I'm queuing it up now. Uh, the other thing is when she turned Westview into the sitcom version. I watched it, but I didn't see what, exactly what it said. But there's something about something in a snap. Like a billboard appeared that said something in a snap and was like a a food or something like that. Oh no, that was the paper towel ad. Was it? Yeah. In a snap. Lagos? Yeah. All I saw I, I, I just remember seeing in a snap. I don't know what it was for. Well, so they yeah. also had last episode, um she she ate like sugar snaps or something like that. So the snap has been this reoccurring thing um for a couple of episodes now. Which is dreamlike, you know, like this is mm-hmm. the whole thing. Westview. Yes. Is there's the, the TV stuff going on, but then there's the dream aspect where it's, it's recurring themes and ideas and, and things that are from her subconscious mm-hmm. snap. So then, okay. Well, I mean, from here, we're kind of moving into the final confrontation. Agatha is outside with the kids, has them, you know, by the neck with magic power. Yeah, that's kind of not good. But she says, this is chaos magic. And that means you are the Scarlet Witch. Which, uh, does that mean that the one who yields chaos magic is Scarlet Witch? Or does that mean that Wanda, they just named her the Scarlet I mean, I know they named her the Scarlet Witch. 
I'm going to go with its title. Like it's, it's a chosen one kind of thing. Like every generation there is a Scarlet Witch or something like that. And a Scarlet Witch is someone who has control of this super powerful chaos magic. And so you could say the one who has control of the blue magic is the Azure Witch or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. That's real interesting because I don't know that it was that ever termed in the comics or did she just always always the Scarlet Witch because she wore red. Well, I I think that's definitely what's how it started. That might have been retcon to mean something else. I mean, the chaos magic thing also is something from the comics. That's what that's what Wanda had control of in the comics. Her her powers are to manipulate probability and she has lots of other things she can do as well. But she was able to, you know, have these probability hexes that would make things happen better for her, you know, and, and things like that. And like the bomb not going off. Um, but chaos magic was her thing in the comics. So, Ben, yes, you were right. Dottie does not appear in the town when Wanda drives into it. Okay. So that could mean nothing. <laughs> Or it could mean that Wanda really is, or that Dottie really is another force of, of magical power, yellow power, maybe of some, some sort. Well, I mean, if that deed just suddenly appeared in her car after she got back into her car from visiting the sword facility, that means that maybe Dottie sent her that deed, which that's a possibility. All I know is Dottie's probably really, really afraid of Senior Scratchy. <laughs> because of her flowers? It's she a doesn't want Buffy the rabbit to eat her flowers? Joke. What? It's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer joke. Oh. I'll just yeah. sit over here and not be in on the inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Eeyore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and her character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer is terrified of bunnies for some real weird reason. Okay. So there's no please stand by in this episode. No. And then we do get a post credit and that is with vision, but it's visions, actual body finally being powered by Wanda's magic leftover in the drone. Yeah. Her magic missile. And he's got this white coloration to him, which just causes me to remember these comic book covers, where it's like, behold the vision kind of thing. Um, In the comics, he did have some similar stuff happen to him. And when he was brought back, he was white and he didn't have his memory and, and some stuff like that. So this is definitely uh, referencing that and we are going to get Paul Bettany versus Paul Bettany in the next episode. That'll be fun. Um, that was West Coast Avengers, right, Ben? It was, yeah. So I actually had some – I was there when it happened kind of stuff going on. The uh, The issue after that infamous comic cover, which apparently – I saw something show up today – that issue sold for $1,500. I don't know on eBay or what it was, but because of this show, someone had a copy of that issue and was able to sell it for 1500 bucks. But anyway, um, I bought the issue after that, 
which was where the Great Lakes Avengers <laughs> came into the onto the scene. Which, if you are a long time listener to Welcome to Level Seven, you've heard me talk about the Great Lakes Avengers uh, on a handful of times. That is a group that I used to follow and buy every single appearance that they had, which was also my first interaction with Deadpool was because of those characters. So I have Deadpool comics in my collection because of Great Lakes Avengers and because of Man-Thing and because of Coulson. Like this, (laughs) like as much as I hate Deadpool, like three of my favorite things from the Marvel comic book universe interacted with Deadpool and caused me to buy Deadpool. Great Lakes Avengers, though, I didn't hate Deadpool when I bought that comic. It was slightly after that that I started not liking Deadpool. So for what it's worth. For what it's worth. It actually was a cool story. Deadpool went through Doorman and ended up in an issue of Amazing Spider-Man, like number 20 or something like that. And so Deadpool was actually inhabiting the body of Peter Parker in that comic. they They used the original artwork from that comic but rewrote the dialogue. So it's Deadpool interacting with the things around him. Oh no. (laughs) Really, really well written. Very creative. Uh. I can appreciate good storytelling, even if it's a character I don't like. So let's just, I'll just leave it there, but Deadpool's not in the MCU yet. So (laughs) speaking of Spider-Man, Hey, we didn't talk about news. We didn't know. Um, uh, Wait, yeah, oh, we that, yeah there. we have a big thing about news, but I also have a connection between Spider-Man and this series. Okay. Um, okay, so this WandaVision takes place about three to four weeks after Endgame, right? Yes. Right. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home takes place in the autumn of that same year, so several months after WandaVision. Yes. In Far From Home, you... Uh, the uh, whole concept of alternate universes is used as a MacGuffin to trick Spider-Man and the other heroes in the story. Mm -hmm. That's MacGuffin. However, one of his teachers who's also um, uh, on this field trip with all the students, he has an obsession with witches (laughs) and he mentions witches. Yeah. So it's possible that, (sighs) If Wanda comes out as the Scarlet Witch and there's a whole thing about, you know, witches being revealed as a bigger part in the MCU, then that would explain why the teacher is obsessed with witches. That's hilarious. Wow. Nice connection. Because hashtag is all connected. just broke Ben. (laughs) That's funny. All right. Uh, I think post-credit, we can talk about the Spider-Man news. Okay. So do you want to hear my Man-Thing connection? Sure. Okay. Where was the sword facility? I'll tell you. In a great big swamp. That's true. There you go. There you go. That's it. It's a cool facility, too. Yeah. Looked like it was right at Cape Canaveral or something like that. Which, if it's a Florida swamp, then that means, I mean, that's where Man-Thing was. It was in the the Florida swamp outside of a town called Citrusville. So, take that for what you will. 
that would make sense. Steve Gerber did a lot of like on the nose satire and, and that kind of thing where he's like, you know, exactly like there's, there's, there's no way you can read it wrong. <laughs> and so, but then there's other things he did where it's like, wait, what? So let's, All right, let's uh, get, do you want to do feedback? Yes. Let's do feedback. Agent Dylan wrote in uh, on an email and says, just a quick correspondence while it's on my mind. Something bugged me while I was watching the flashback depicting Wanda's parents' death. A lot of those DVDs they had, if not all, hadn't been released yet. In an earlier episode, four or five, Wanda was stating to have stated to have been born in 1989. Right after it was stated that her parents died when she was 10, so they had to have died in either 1999 or 2000. The presence of Malcolm in the Middle, of course, rules out 1999 completely. So how did the Maximoffs have a bunch of DVDs that were released a few years later? Notably, the Dick Van Dyke show. Okay. So it was the box set. Notably, the Dick Van Dyke show wasn't released as a complete series box set until 2005. Answer, they didn't. Sure, they had copies of these episodes on VHS. It was just the same glitching we saw in the last episode that caused them to appear as DVDs. But in reality, the Maximoffs have recorded them with their own VCR. Thankfully, Malcolm in the Middle premiered mid-season in January, giving them the whole year to work with for placing this event and Wanda's birthday. Agent Dylan signing off. Hashtag trip lives. Hashtag Maria lives. So that's uh, reinforcing our conversation. Yeah. Though, as an argument, what if in the MCU that DVDs and DVD series releases were released earlier in the MCU timeline is our reality? That, that doesn't explain Malcolm in the Middle. Hmm. Well, I mean, I you know. can, yes, you can just say to yourself, things happened differently. Malcolm in the Middle came out in 1998 and the DVD Maybe. came out in 1999. Here's actually what happened, guys. Here's actually what happened. That's actually, the dad is actually the Sorcerer Supreme. He used the time zone to go forward in time, grab, grab a bunch of DVDs, come backwards in time to sell them to make money to live in Sokovia. That's what happened. It's like uh, Spaceballs, where they get the movie out mm-hmm. to find out what happens <laughs> later on in the movie. And they actually were watching and they, they fast, forward fast forward to the moment to they were in at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, um, also, that reminds me. My older brother served in the Army and for a while he was stationed in South Korea. And... Of course, they didn't get a lot of American TV over there or a lot of American movies. But the way that they did see this stuff was, and I hate to say this, through pirated DVDs. Um, So he would actually see, I don't know, for example, um, like the Thor movies or Iron Man. or He saw that kind of stuff on his laptop when he was in South Korea on a really poorly made um, pirated DVD of somebody sitting in the back row of yep. a movie theater with a, with a camcorder. Um, yeah. Not but, that they're saying that was the right thing to do. And that's how you handle these things, but that's in reality in foreign countries um, that frequently happens. Well, and I, I had a friend who accidentally not knowing what he was getting into bought uh, a couple DVDs from a vendor and realized, oh, there's people laughing. I bought a, I, this is not an official release. And, oh. and also had some friends who spent $200 on a 
on Beanie Babies and were stopped by customs and they turned out to be pirated Beanie Babies and they were all confiscated at uh, at the airport. Oh, man. Yeah, that was rough. Did the Beanie Babies walk around going, Yarg? No, no. But the thing is, while they didn't know that they were pirated Beanie Babies, they were buying them super cheap with the intention to make a profit. Like they... They thought they had found a, a way to get some cheap money. And yeah, instead, that they, vendor is the only person who actually came out on top in that situation. So. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, Hank writes in and says, it, ju- it, uh, it has just occurred to me. Uh, oh, by the way, he was writing it as he was listening to our, our podcast episode. So uh, first he says, it has just occurred to me that the Pietro could be. In the Pietro in WandaVision could be the from the X-Men universe. Here's my reasoning. The Pietro in the MCU is dead, shot down like a chump. When the boys ask Wanda to resurrect Sparky, Agnes slash Agatha seems genuinely surprised and asks, you can do that. Which we didn't talk about that, but that could have been genuine surprise because she's still exploring. Like, where did you get all your powers? She maybe doesn't know. That could have been a genuine surprise for her. Hmm. Then Wanda explains that when something dies, there is nothing you can do except learn to deal with it. Therefore, I believe that Agnes slash Agatha needed Pietro for some reason in Wanda's life, but couldn't get her MCU brother because he's dead, dead, dead. So she had to pull him from somewhere else. Which I believe is random dude from somewhere, anywhere. And it is just stunt casting, but we'll find out next episode. Or she used her interdimensional po- or interdimensional powers and pulled Peter Maximoff from the X Men universe into the MCU, we'll and see. then mind controlled him. We shall see. But she does. She didn't create him. We know that she used his eyes and ears. But right, because yeah. she said so in the beginning of the episode that this was not her brother because he was full of holes and buried in another country. But she did use somebody else. Then Hank says Statler and Waldorf are the best because uh, that was related to Muppets. And then this is related to our uh, conversation about the what's the space mission? Uh, the innovation. Uh, uh, no. In- something for inspiration for inspiration for four with a circle around it. So we're talking about four civilians got to go. And he says not just four civilians, but four rich civilians. <laughs> Those that get selected have to pay for the privilege, except for one who I think won something like St. Jude's actually did a, a selection for that. But I, it does sound like Stuart, you're, are you coming down off of your, it's, it's uh gorilla marketing? Nope. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, yeah, well, it was, I- it was, it was in our Facebook chat that I had told Stuart that to stop thinking this because it would be like Sir Walter Raleigh using this quote-unquote trip across the sea to a new world and trying to set up a new colony in order to promote a Shakespeare play. It's ridiculous. It's too much money. And plus, this program of sending people, like, like just tourists into outer space, that's been a program that's been going on for years and years and years now. Although I don't know if those tourists actually got to go. I like, think they went up to a certain altitude. Um, well, the next thing Hank says was, I did not see that coming. How are they going to resolve everything next week? 
And that is the question. How are they going to do it? I think they're going to do it very skillfully and interestingly. Yes, because we still don't have an answer to, to that question. So many questions. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're going to – the one thing that this show has been very – this show has been one thing, and it's excellent. And it will continue to be until the last episode. Yes. So we need final words. Okay. Stuart. <clears throat> Thanks guys for watch listening and watching the show and uh paying attention to us while we yammer. See ya. <laughs> And I would like to thank Hank for writing in and our Patreon patrons, Jeffrey Tassel, Blessed Cheesemaker084, and our newest Patreon patron, Julie. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank Yay, you. Hey, Julie. Yay, welcome. Hey, if you think that uh, the stuff that we're doing is worth, you know, a dollar a month, um, you know, go ahead and go to patreon.com and we would we'd appreciate it. So... Yeah, that's our episode then. Thank you, uh, Stuart. Thank you, Samantha. And I think that um, we're going to, like I said, talk about after the credits about the Spider-Man stuff. The Spider-Man um, news about the, the new title for the Spider-Man movie. Sound good? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Very good. I thought I thought you were going to somehow work that into your final words. Oh no, I was actually asking you to like. You, you think oh you yeah, do that? that sounds yes. great. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so until next time, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I want to say thank you so much for spending time with us, and thank you so much for putting up with our shenanigans. Now you may not know what shenanigans are, but shenanigan is like problem, but more silly than scary. But sometimes can be a little scary. for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by calling one seven seven five five level 7 That's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. Or send us an email to feedback at welcome to level 7com Just don't forget, the 7 is spelled out. You can also go to welcome to level 7com slash feedback leave us a message there or join us on our facebook group facebook.com slash welcome to level seven the seven is spelled out and don't forget if you'd like to support the podcast you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven the seven is spelled out and become a patreon supporter there once again thanks so much for listening and godspeed I like that. I think that was a really sweet moment. It was. It was really sweet. That accent just comes and goes, doesn't it, Ben? <laughs> we didn't talk about that, but yeah, she is totally right to make fun of Wanda for that. Mm -hmm. Totally right.
All right, post credit. Post credit is where we are right now, and we were given some fake titles by Tom Holland and some other people. We were told that it might be far from home. I don't remember the fake titles now. Spider-Man home school. No, that was on the whiteboard in there. Do you guys remember what the other ones were? Oh, I didn't see it. Look them up. Uh, Phone home, home slice uh, and home wrecker. Yeah. Yeah. Which when I heard home phone home, my kids saw it on, on Instagram and they're like, dad, like, no, that can't be, that can't be. And then uh home wrecker came up and then home slice came up. And now the real title is no way home. Is that right? Yes. No way home. Yes. So lots of directions that could go in. Does it mean he can't get home from the multiverse? Does it mean he just can't go home because he's a wanted criminal? Probably that. More than anything else, but. What's also really interesting is I'm okay. So the trailer, the teaser got released and it's um, the three of them, uh, Tom Holland, Zendaya and Ned walking out of the (laughs) office of John Watts. I can't remember his name. Anyway, so they're walking out of the office, and he's like, they won't tell me again. And and uh, they're having some banter back and forth, and they walk past this whiteboard. And this whiteboard is the most interesting whiteboard on the internet right now. And yes, that includes Samantha's whiteboard. <laughs> um, if I can it, never actually ever get attached to the wall, because right. things are crazy, of course. And so in the middle of the whiteboard, it's a Spider-Man No Way Home. And I actually have a friend who took the island of Puerto Rico and put it over there. And it's almost a perfect match. Like, why? I mean, yes, I questioned him. but What did he do with the island of Puerto Rico? Put it over this sort of Spider-Man No Way Home with the webbing around it. And it's almost a perfect match. But that's because it has that arch kind of shape to it, right? Like, it's just an arc. Not an arc. What do you mean an arc? Like the, the lettering of the, of, the, of the words. Let me see this. No way home whiteboard. I need to see the picture of the words. I'm still oh, I see what you're saying. Rent article. Interesting. So, I'm yeah, sorry, guys. I, mean, I still have not seen this video. Oh, you need to see the. You haven't seen the need video. To see it. Yeah, I haven't okay. seen it. I didn't realize there was a video. I just saw that there was an article. Um, yeah. And so, what's also really interesting is if you start looking at this, there's hexes, there's hexagons. Um, also, there's a, also molecules though. Molecules. Like the the yes. hexes are. Are molecule shapes, I think. Part of molecules, yes. Um, there's a tesseract, which is um, – that symbol is used by big math brains to represent four dimensions in a lot of things. Um, and then I think I see a little nod to Miles Morales. Hmm. 
in there. In the last Spider-Man, at the very end, we got the same J.J. Abrams that we had in the Tobey Maguire movies. So, and we keep hearing rumors that other villains from other movies uh, of the other Spider-Man movies are going to be appearing as well. So, I mean, if we're seeing like a multi-universe thing going on, this would work in really well. And it would make sense to see Miles Morales show up here too. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so here's what you hear, what you see on the board. Home Sweet Home, labeled gross, so they're not doing that. Home Worlds, labeled boring. Can't Find Home, labeled what? Close to Home, <laughs> labeled hits too close to home. Stay at Home, stop, hard past. Uh, <laughs> zooming Home, please stop. Homeschooled, Aunt May says no. Homesick, <laughs> ugh. Homemade, too cutesy. Webcamming, keep it PG, needs home. Far from home, come on, we already did this. <laughs> um, <laughs> home alone, copyright issues. Welcome home, it's just crossed out, there's no cutesy little thing there. Home run, what? And then it says sports ball. Um, no place like home, trademarked. Want to go home, we're already there. Work from home, please no. And then no way home. <laughs> Um, and in the midst of all these molecules and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hexes on there, hexagons, but they are also part of like what look like, uh, molecule drawings. Um, lots of webs on there and yeah. And Spider-Man is, has been known to play with chemistry sets. So, and he's a brainy kid. It doesn't. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he would, on occasion, draw a molecule symbol. So, so anyway, yeah, that's the whiteboard, and that's uh, our glimpse into Spider-Man coming Christmas this year. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that they were able to make a new. Um, they were able to show us something. They were able to, to get the the hype train going out, you know? Yeah. And I like this because there's references to, like, the social distancing and stay-at-home orders and such. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like homeschooling and working from home. <laughs> stay-at-home stop. Hard pass. <laughs> All right. Well, it is time to close this down. Time for us to yes. go home, although we actually are already home. So, I want to go home. I'm already in my PJs, guys. I'm ready to get out of this recording. All right. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Right. See ya. Bye. Bye.